I think that discomfort with marketing and the idea that it's about luring, I mean, so much of that has to do with personal authority. So that you are practicing marketing and that many of us are doing this, right? Practicing marketing as a way to empower people's choice, not to take it away or override it or trick somebody, but to actually make it so transparent that the voice of the heart can shine through. And it's like, oh yeah, I really have to do that or nah, not for me. (laughs) Welcome to Therapist Expanded, where we start a mental health revolution by living our dreams fully and freely beyond industry conditioning and taking every client with us because we'll only take them as far as we've gone so join me, your host, Aaron Gibb, and my trailblazing guests and be revolutionary by expanding your mind and your life to your freest and fullest potential. Hello, revolutionaries. Today I have the incredible pleasure of interviewing my amazing coach, Juliet Trinka. Juliet is a unique thinker, an amazing soul. And she has helped myself and other leaders in business for years and does some really profound work. So I hope you enjoy this. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, I am eternally grateful. So without further ado, here is my interview with the amazing Juliet Trinka. Okay, so I am here today with Juliet Trinka, who, full disclosure, is a beautiful coach of mine. We worked together for six months plus, I would say, and I have been so blessed to know Juliet. So I'm honored, Juliet, for you to be here today. Mm, I am so grateful to be here with you and really excited to create something that hopefully sparks life and love in your listeners. Mm, Thank you. Well, let's start with yourself telling us about you, your work, and your passions. Mm -hmm. So I am a shamanic practitioner. I really love to serve in the spaces where leaders in particular, right? The, The places where we're actually experiencing our leadership, which is not necessarily just professional, right? There's a quality of leadership that shows up in our parenting. There's a quality of leadership that really supports our relationships. So it's more like when we experience our leadership, that's the place where I like to support. And particularly when that is happening at the intersection of a recognition of a desire for greater abundance in all its forms, because Abundance, again, it's a frequency that can happen inside of our food, right? We can have abundance of pleasure. We can have abundance of money. We can have an abundance of success, of compassion. So that's the space where I love to play. And my passion, I mean, that's really my passion, right? But if I was going to like add an underline to that, it would be an obsession with what is true and what is real. And my recognition that is that that's not like a gem that you find and you're like, okay, this is the truth. I'm done. It's, it's an evolving edge. It's a relationship. It's a practice of intimacy 
of really showing up here and being like, what, what is the truth right now? How is the truth expressing itself right now? That's what I'm really, really passionate about. Oh, you said so much there. I could just feel it. I was really in it with you. The, the truth, the realness. I mean, as I think about my audience listening right now, of therapists, we're sort of addicted to that. I mean, like mm -hmm. a BS of the masks. It's like boring. Mm -hmm. you sit with people and it's so revealing. Maybe I'll just speak to my own experience. Sometimes being in the facade of society for me can be empty. Yeah, for sure. Comparatively to what you're discussing, which is this real, this truth, this, this real aliveness is how I experience it from moment to moment. You also said something about that intersection of leaders and where it's like the truth again. I have this acknowledgement of that, a frequency that I love so much, which is when people are actually stating most what they want to go after, what they need. And I had a conversation with someone yesterday and they looked a little bashful to tell me like they may be doing something and they thought, and I was like, it was like I fell out of what that would mean for me. And I was like, so excited. Because they were on this edge of like going after something that was hot for them. And I just exactly. got so, yeah, so excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I often say that more is a four letter word, but it's not a dirty word. And there's such an opportunity in these spaces. Like I'm reflecting on my own experiences of receiving different forms of therapy throughout my mostly adult life. I didn't engage in therapy as a child. But to have those spaces that are dedicated to identifying that there even is a mask, right? Because sometimes there are moments where the space holder is like, hey, did, did you know you had a mask on? And it's like, what? I, I don't feel that, right? But to be able to play with taking it off and what it means and what the potentials are. And so to speak into a space like that, what your heart really desires, what the fire gets lit by is sacred. Yes. I just saw my career in chapters as you were talking, and I think I was thinking of my audience and how my career started in, in a very complex trauma environment, caseload region of the world, and how there were times when the sun would shine through all that pain body and that experience, and it would be like, yes, there the person was as the who they came here to be. And then there would be pain and it sort of the doors would shut. I think I, I just realized as I moved through my career, I've wanted more and more of these conversations where it's right mm -hmm. on the table. Maybe that's why I love coaching. But as people are hearing this, it's that is available. There are populations where this is what you can be doing. If it, if as you're hearing us, it's like lighting you up. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, from a shamanic perspective, like that's the, the only perspective I really have. I feel how much that's called for. You know, I think I would imagine that it's not different for therapists as it is for people who are doing other professional kinds of service, but you tap into frequencies. They're like every single person who's showing up in your office that week is dealing with the same challenge or is coming in with the same insight. And this is something that is so up for our whole world right now. The opportunity 
to have that quality of conversation where it's not only, I mean, as important as it is to become functional in the places where we've been really defacilitated and harmed to also be looking at what what's the more that's calling me, that's coming through me, and what does that require? What sort of nourishment, what sort of life, mm. all those things. And even in the pain, even mm-hmm. in, I'm thinking of a recent podcast, I listened to yours on your podcast about how those difficult emotional times where we think we're even harming others or we think we're kind of screwing up or we're not, whatever that actually those have that aliveness quality anyway. Absolutely. And actually, I'm going to be recording in, you know, the next couple of days, how an abusive relationship that I was in when I was in my 20s actually taught me so much about manifestation. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm excited to actually see what comes through because I haven't thought about that time in my life for years and I hadn't thought about it in those terms until the thought came in. So it's like, there's no moment in our lives that doesn't hold the ripeness of that potential for more beauty, more freedom, more, more of us. Yes. To me, that's what's gotten me through practicing in the environments I described for now 11 years off and on like my ideal client as I shifted places my ideal client still found me everywhere people who would identify with lots of pain and trauma and that was it it was that sun I talked about coming from behind the clouds and in the clouds it was like keeping that knowing how the person is describing their experience and presenting the self the aliveness the experience is always there Mm -hmm. just waiting at any moment yeah, absolutely. And I, I love what you said just there, how you were reflecting on your experience that no matter where you were, your ideal client found you at that threshold where we are opening to more, we're taking the leap off the cliff. I think that's such a common fear, right? Is that if if I expand, whether it's like moving physical location or whether it's opening to the truth of what my practice actually is now, that maybe I'm going to be unfindable. Maybe I'm going to leave people behind. And I really love, I was like, do I say this in past tense? But it's something that I've witnessed in you from the beginning and that I continue to love witnessing in you is how you embody that. Not that you're granting people permission because nobody needs your permission to live their life, but your very being is the permission. Like, hey, no, they're going to find you. The sun is always shining. The clouds might be there, but the sun is always shining. 100%. The world might be turned in a way where it doesn't, it's darkness here, but the sun doesn't cease existing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's coming up for me because launching is hot for me right now. But also, uh-huh. I've learned so much in launching and I've learned how therapists have their own niche in launching. And that's coming up for me. Yes, yes, that is so exciting. Oh, thank you. It's about teaching therapists the like, the how to do this, I think the therapist way and have choosing Mm -hmm. our own adventure, but honoring. But one thing about this ideal client, because it's sort of the base of launching is marketing. And I have found that one of the reasons my ideal client always finds me is talk about honesty. I try to show up in my marketing, in my face to the world, in all my interactions as who I really am. 
Yes. Yes. Oh, I feel I'm like getting really excited by what you're saying, because I think especially certainly this was true for me when I was first sort of accepting the the reality that having a business is going to involve marketing in some form, but there can be such an association with marketing and inauthenticity. But the truth is the marketing that is the most effective is the marketing that is the most truthful. And when I'm talking about effective, I'm not just saying that it creates abundance in your business and you have all the clients that you love, but it brings the right people into the right channel, like right for them, right for what they need, right for what their heart is calling them to. Like it's a total match. And I'd love to actually geek out on marketing because you can really feel it when somebody's telling the truth. And it's so good. It's so good. You are an expert at this. I mean, when I first found you, I I was like guided to pick up my phone and go on Facebook. I opened it. There you were. And I know there's many different types of buyers and funnels and experiences. And I was the like, how can I work with you faster than this webinar? Like I was like, okay, when is the webinar going to end? I just want to find the, and then something happened where I couldn't get to any kind of cart with you. And I was like, I just trust I will get something. Then an email came through, but it was like the, the you, you just being you like, and the words you were saying, it was more than that. I was like, no, I need to work with you. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think it's your embodiment. And as we were talking about marketing, you were saying how you felt about it in the beginning when I've worked, I remember I have this image of in 2017, I did my first marketing presentation to train therapists. Mm -hmm. So I think about how I've been supporting therapists. That was one of the earlier phases. And I love marketing. Like I genuinely really like it. I've never had an aversion. It's always Mm -hmm. felt like the alternative is hiding your light under a bush. So like, let's just, let's just put it out there. What do you do? People got to find you. But what I found was that was an unpopular opinion and people were struggling. Marketing is, was associated with smarminess and like luring people in and this like hiding. And it was really enlightening for me. I realized that, oh, there's a lot of conditioning around marketing. Mm-hmm. This doesn't surprise me to hear you say this because I recognize you as a revolutionary, like every cell of your body and your being and that like because what you're saying to me sounds revolutionary Mm -hmm. that even in your relationship with marketing in your you know all the ways that you experience it it's it's quite revolutionary from what the normative experience is and the other thing that was coming through is how much I think that discomfort with marketing and the idea that it's about luring, I mean, so much of that has to do with personal authority. Mm. And so that you are practicing marketing and that many of us are doing this, right? Practicing marketing as a way to empower people's choice, not to take it away or override it or trick somebody, but to actually make it so transparent that the voice of the heart can shine through. And it's like, oh yeah, I really have to do that. Or nah, not for me. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, thank you for that revolutionary piece. 
I have felt like a different therapist generally. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah, that is the truth. Empowering people to make their choice. I mean, I get so jazzed on that edge of making choice, decision, standing in power. And tomorrow I have a new intern starting and I'm aware they're going to watch this video that I made about the orientation process. And something that I said in there, and I did it live first, and I had interns sitting in the room and it was like, as a therapist, as a helper, as a healer, if we want to say we're not holding power in that, funny things start to happen. And when we step into that power and own it, live it, different things happen. But either way, whether we accept it and we walk in and we stand in it or not, we have power. And it's just about will we, will we stand in it? Will we embody it? Will we realize that? A hundred percent. This is where my mind goes is into the work of manifestation. Because for me, that's where manifestation really begins, is recognizing that we feel powerful when we're taking responsibility. We feel powerful in our relationships when we're taking responsibility for our relationships. We feel powerful in our bodies when we're taking responsibility for our bodies. And I want to make a clear distinction because responsibility can have a very icky, heavy, trauma-ridden connotation. But for me, I'm really talking about like, this is, this is mine. This is my relationship. This is my life. This is my health. And I am the one who is going to preside over that. Because just like power is inevitable, guiding forces are inevitable, right? Something is going to be in charge. And if it's not going to be you, what's it going to be? Somebody else's values? Somebody else who is not, like it's nobody else is thinking about your life 24-7, right? They've got their own life to live. So they're not really qualified to run your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so this, this piece about decision and personal authority is so loving and juicy. Mm. Oh, yeah. And as you were saying, who's going to run your life? I started thinking about conditioning. Mm-hmm. That other people may not even want to run our lives, but we've told ourselves they do. And it would harm them if we do this, and it would affect them in this way. It's quite amazing how embodying it, owning it, standing in it, whatever words you want to use or we want to use really changes things and clarifies things. I think I used to imagine, even after being a therapist for years, I would still fantasize about like, what is that other person thinking? You know, I could drop into my 13 year old and just be like, oh my gosh, they're looking at me. What are they thinking? They're judging me. And I realized probably not that long ago that it was like, what you said, people are not spending time thinking about that. I'm projecting all of that and Mm -hmm. just giving away my power wherever to whomever when they don't even want it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just another point of revolution because there's something so radically different that's possible in our relationships when we start operating differently. And when we just, I mean, this is the thing that we all know, right? When our mind has a information vacuum, it will make up a story because 
there can't be a vacuum, right? Something has to come to fill it. And life gets to be so much more interesting when you instead just ask, yeah. what, what are you thinking right now? And then let me reflect on what I want to do with that. Rather than living inside my own head and deciding I know who you are and what you're thinking and what's happening. I mean, it's an adorable part of ourselves, but usually not very well informed. Yeah, it's cute, isn't it? It wants to answer every question. It wants to ask and answer every question. Yeah. Uh, I call this breaking the fourth wall in therapy. That's how I present it to people in training about like, if at any moment you're wondering, how is the person going to take this? Sometimes in therapy, people are like, well, that's too self-disclosing to just break the fourth wall and say like, this is coming up in me. I'm wondering, I'm feeling this, I'm sensing this. And I have this story that maybe it's going to be that and the radical honesty of that the other person gets to show up and then tell you all the amazing fantasies they had and us, the therapist or the helper with even more power, potentially in the, in this relationship or definitely they're like, yeah, and I didn't want to tell you, but like, this is what it, the reality, like the way, and so my interns will go and they'll do this and they'll come back and they'll be like, I can't believe it worked. But they're coming out of a recent education in this non-directive, continual, like, just be the nodding head, mm-hmm, reflecting uh-huh. feelings. And so it's a radical shift to be like, you can show up really honest and not yeah. know. Yeah, I I love that so much. And it it's a really interesting, like, refinement or nuance, and maybe it's not all that nuanced, but... I mean, we recognize, I think, the power of pure presence Mm -hmm. and how for so many people, there really is like a deficiency of presence in their life. They don't have anyone who is completely present for them. And so just that presence is, is so powerful. And yet there's that next step of like presence that's also responsive and activated and participatory not just a pure mirror, but something that is, yeah, just like the word that keeps coming is activated. And it's interesting because I really learned about that through sales. Sales for me is a deeply sacred practice. It's a transformative practice. And some of the training that I received because it can also be very intense, right? When you are putting your heart on the line and you're like, here's my offer. Do you want to say yes? Like, you know, it's it's very vulnerable for both. Um, even, even in corporate settings, right? There's just no getting around it. When we make that decision, something's going to change. So it's a vulnerable moment. So this teaching that I got was like, if you're feeling freaked out, chances are the person sitting across from you is feeling that too. And so like you're saying, Aaron, just speaking to that, like, hey, I'm noticing that as we're starting to get closer to this the decision, like I'm sweating, I'm feeling my inner three-year-old starting to, you know, complain and, and cry. Like, what are you feeling? You know, like, yeah. Because it's, it's just like so generous. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking back to marketing and how there's a smarmy kind of code out there and again and that does exist in in society there is a sure there is an Absolutely. energy of like let me grab you and pull you in that i think just sort of i don't know how to say it it's like it transforms into reality like into honest vulnerability of like we're about to get there i'm gonna ask you 
you're going to say yes or no. My worthiness feels like somebody inside is saying something. You maybe don't want to hurt my feelings. Like whatever it is, it, it sort of takes out that like, let's pretend it's not happening. And because the let's pretend it's not happening that occurs in so many interactions that that has a frequency of a bit of dishonesty. And we read it on some level and in sales, we're already looking for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that pretending it's not happening is an unwillingness on some level to fully live our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the language that I have for that from my background is karma. Mm-hmm. That karma is, isn't like you did something bad. So if something bad happens to you. Karma is the imprint of the life that we have not lived. And it will continue to try to find expression. And until we fully meet it and and allow it to express, it just continues to pop up and pop up and pop up. And letting it express can feel so radical and at the same time, so liberating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, your blueprint, uh, what I call your fulfillment blueprint is always going to try to assert itself. Yeah. It's it's just, I did a, a journey today with a group in my activation, and this is what it was the life not expressed that we mm. were opening the door into that. But it's the true fulfillment life out of the multiverse, out of the potential. I'm also thinking about when I worked in an agency, my fulfillment blueprint wanted to assert itself continuously. It was such a mismatch. Yeah. I'm not really driven by security and predictability. Uh-huh. It was like mismatch, continual mismatch. So it was fascinating. There was something that came up earlier about this really radical honesty and conditioning as a therapist. So I just wanted to put that in the space that if people are really noticing their conditioning there, kudos, because we've gotten a very different. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for for bringing that forward. I don't know if we can say that enough. Like (laughs) we could say it once a day. In, in all the spaces where we're speaking, that recognizing the conditioning doesn't mean that now there's more self-improvement to do. It's like, congratulations. Congratulations, you saw it. Now you have the opportunity to make a decision, to act with more love and more skill than you had when that conditioning formed. Yes, it doesn't mean we have to go into intensive work around it. Absolutely. To me, that reminds me back about how the sun's always there. It's Mm -hmm. like the sun is always there and it's about choosing and then stabilizing in the sun is always there around that Mm -hmm. thing. I love that. That rings so true for me. Even just thinking the dynamic between the sun and the moon, right? The moon being that frequency that doesn't necessarily need stability, that is constantly changing and the sun as this this force of constancy that is like, it doesn't matter how many times you want to doubt that the sun is there or that it's ever going to shine again. It's always been shining. And there's so much love in that. Mm. And when applied to human beings, for me, it's the ultimate hope in, in that I, I feel grateful that I left an agency when I did because I once did a sand tray about this and I saw the Arctic where I worked and I saw all the figures I put in and it was like, I could see when I left there, the hope and the knowing I have what we're talking about had gotten smaller and smells like a little ember 
it was like I could put it in a little box and I was like blowing on it to try to keep it alive given that that environment for me was just so unsupportive. The choices I was making out of awareness, outside of awareness, it was like, mm-hmm. I all I feel like I almost lost that, that realization yeah. that the, the sun is always there. Yeah. 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 And I mean, what a, what a beautiful tapestry of magic because the, the ember, the flame, it carries the same frequency as the sun in some ways, right? It's, it's light, it's warmth, it's heat. And especially like having sat in ceremony for so many years and recognizing the power of the breath to transmit the life force, right? Like I'm, I'm literally just seeing you in my mind's eye, like going to all these different places, like, oh my gosh, this ember is about to go out, like giving it my breath, giving it life. Like I get chills just imagining that. Well, you're bang on because I went to different places to be like, I need to move out of this and start a business and I could feel it. And I'm going to banks and I'm going to all these places. Like I got to keep this alive. And I think about the colleagues that I've met who've left the field or who have, you know, admitted to me that like, I can't see people like that anymore. I feel moved away from that knowing. And then there's the therapists who've held it as a raging fire the whole time, no matter who mm-hmm. sits in the office. So it, it's just an amazing, beautiful thing to witness. And that for me now, why I like to share about the difficulties of working is that when I talk to many therapists, they're like, yeah, that's where I'm at. Like I'm there. Yeah. I'm yeah. just, I'm just waiting. I'm counting the days to my vacation. Like I just Exactly. Well, and you know, having, I've had this tremendous privilege to have a lot of therapists in my clientele both as a shamanic coach, but even many years ago when I owned a yoga studio, it was an incredible experience actually to hold them inside of that space where it is more about dwelling in the body where they didn't have to be the ones holding the space, but I could really feel that. And I mean, they, they spoke about that as well, that there's such a commitment to being that solid caring presence for your clients that you almost don't dare talk about the challenges of the profession. Like somehow that actually feels like you might be letting your clients down. Yeah. I'm thinking about this activation I'm running and I could feel that for some people to say I'm not really completely fulfilled was even really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard to show up. It was hard to, or is, yeah, it doesn't go with the narrative that we've got it all together. And I know therapists sometimes will say, like, I don't feel like I put out the narrative. No way. Most of us on an individual level do not put that out. It's what we were handed, mm-hmm. what we were handed in graduate school. Like the, well, you know, just get it all together and like do self-care, do your own work. Don't create a, a ruckus in the room. Don't put all your stuff out. Don't let the counter-transference get you. And it, it was fascinating to see like how those things get internalized. It is fascinating to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, I'm curious because I have no idea because I'm not a therapist and I did not go to graduate school, but how much emphasis is actually placed on offering training in self-care for therapists? Well, that's an excellent question, first of all. Secondly, it depends on where you went, but it was far more about 
you should do it. And it's a nebulous thing. And I had someone on my podcast, Megan Van Meter, bless her. She said the unicorn that is self-care because it wasn't well-defined and it it's more of a, she described it as almost like a place to place shame. Like you're not doing enough self-care. Are you doing right. it? It's another metric. Are you measuring up or not? Well, you're, you're struggling. So you obviously need more self-care, but it was like self-care is this beautiful bullet band-aid, but not that well-defined. Now there might be people hearing this who are like, I had excellent support sure. around what is self-care, but I would say that it was like, what I see is, is a mouth talking out of both sides in my mm-hmm. education and in talking to other therapists. There was the one side of the mouth that said, you you got to put your needs in there. You've got to take care of yourself. You've really got to look after your health. This is not a field that you can walk through without it affecting you. So, you know, you're holding space and transferring energy and emotion. This is going to impact you. You got to take care of yourself. And at the same time, it was like, you've got to put out of the other side of the mouth, clients needs come first you've got this much time and this much energy that you can put towards your self-care. And I literally had a colleague come to me and say, remember that self-care workshop we went to? Cause I went to one. I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. She goes the next day I put in my vacation. Cause I was like inspired and I got denied. <laughs> and I went yeah. and they were like, no, I just yeah there. And they had a reason that was pretty unreasonable actually. And so she thought it was sort of the two sides in the mouth. And I found that in graduate school, it was like the liability fear and stuff coupled with, but you have to take care of yourself, but you also have to self-sacrifice. It was confusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, so it reminds me of, first of all, again, like I'm so visual, right? There's just so many visuals moving through this sphere all the time. And I just imagined, uh, therapists like on mass having like a Friday afternoon cord cutting ceremony, like every week. I'm like, yeah, that is something that maybe needs to be taught. And I think it came out of a memory because I actually facilitated a cord cutting ceremony and it was just really powerful. And I remember a client of mine in particular, who is just like known in the community that I used to live in because of how powerful her therapeutic work is and just how meaningful it was to her to have somebody hold her inside of a process of saying, yep, it's okay. We're just going to release all of that, send it back to where it goes, not mentally or psychologically, but literally energetically Mm -hmm. through ceremony. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also thinking about, I went through traditional massage therapy and then later I went through a, a lot of clinical Thai body work training. And in the massage therapy training, we had two hours out of 500 dedicated to self-care. And again, like I can remember those two hours because I was like, wow, this is not enough, <laughs> you know? And then the contrast in at least the form of clinical Thai body work that that I was trained in because literally the the therapy is going to be less effective if you are self-harming. So it's all about using your body mechanics to make sure that you are getting as much benefit as the client. And it comes out of, it's fascinating that Thai body work comes out of both Buddhist tradition, but also indigenous tradition in Thailand. 
And you see that in indigenous tradition, right? In the Andean traditions, they call it Aini, this deep care for reciprocity that actually we are both elevated and expanded when we both benefit, that it's not like I have to suffer so you can get better. That gave me the goosebumps of all goosebumps. For me, that is the message. It's we all win. Yeah. We all win. We don't lose. When We all set each other free with our living fully and freely and this Mm -hmm. reciprocity. Beautiful. So that leads me to two questions. I mean, you just answered to me what mental health revolution is to me. So I would love to hear what you think, what it is for you. Think was the wrong word. What does it mean for you, mental health revolution? Then I have another question. And it's about launching. And therapists who are listening, one or something you would tell them about about launching, about marketing. And so, you know, choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start? Yeah. Revolution for me always means a turning, turning something on its head, inside out, going backwards, bringing in the opposite as the remedy. And in mental health, like specifically when I lean into that as a frequency, I think about women like you. I think about the other people that I have known in the therapeutic sphere who have the courage to speak what's happening and to make change to, again, it's like it, for me, it really boils down to truth that when we are willing to embody, to speak, to take action on the truth, everyone benefits So that's what it means to me in this moment. I think if we talked about it tomorrow, I might say something else because it's, it's like a living, breathing organism, you know? I do. Thank you. Yeah. And then the thing in launching is I experience launching as a magical process. There is so much more involved than just the the person doing the launch, the team supporting them, even the people who are coming to receive in the launch. There is God or spirit in the room. Mm-hmm. And, and so me, it actually feels quite ceremonial. And all ceremony is, is about holding steady in like that sun, right? like that constant, that purpose, like why you're really there. And then a lot of surrender, (laughs) surrender, 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 because something is always going to go sideways. You can be guaranteed, but that's actually the presence of spirit. That's actually spirit coming in and saying, Oh, you know what? All this stuff can go sideways and it's still going to be amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I felt a huge shift when the cart opened for something I recently offered. It was like a total surrender. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, okay, well, now it's, it was both in my hands and out of my hands. Mm -hmm. Bigger hands. Yes. The collective people looking at it, feeling it, resonating with it, the collective source. It was like, it was amazing. Actually, it felt like uh, and it has shifted my strategy now, actually. Mm-hmm. I I have changed how I want to do things. And it's led me to know that there are so many other options. And the more I, I just met with another therapist friend on the weekend who's who's been launching for a while and offering things to 
therapist and she confirmed everything I was feeling in this, which is like, there is a difference for how therapists respond to things and like knowing the niche and knowing that there are also so many different options for therapists. We're, we're very fortunate in our field that there, there's many different places to go. So I love the idea of moving to Evergreen because mm-hmm. there will be a continual cart open on some mm-hmm. level. And that feels like an invitation in a different way. Mm-hmm. I never would have thought this. No. Yeah. And that's the beauty of actually living through it versus trying to think your way through it. Because there are certain things you cannot learn, you can only live. You just don't know them until you live them. And when you live into that conclusion, into that insight, it is so much stronger and so much more real and vibrant. Yeah. I feel like you just helped me heal a a part of myself there. I really Mm -hmm. went inwards with your words because the little like inner critic had been holding me to an account for something that. I could never have known. And when I'm looking at this course that I'm building, it is about choosing a plan that works for the person and allowing it to evolve with support and always coming from a fulfillment discernment. Will Mm -hmm. this next choice move you closer to, and and people insert, for me, it's coherence or freedom. Mm -hmm. If not, what will? It's just like, that's that's the trajectory on the path of living it. We could never imagine. Yes, exactly. Well, and this is the other thing that I get so excited about because I, again, in an embodied way, this has such a different meaning than when it's just like a nice thing to say, but that there is no failure. There is only feedback. And the things that we recognize as failures are just feedback on the degree of our authenticity. And it's not a judgment. It's just like, oh, there's even more space for you to occupy your authenticity. And when you do that, whatever this thing is that didn't turn out the way that you thought is going to change. Thank you. I think you might've just titled the episode. There's even more space for you to occupy your authenticity. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I need to write that down. (laughs) Well, as I'm doing that, I'm wondering as we're coming to a close, What would you like the audience to know about you, your work, how to find you? I would want your audience to know that I am a radical through and through, and that I love supporting people who have a desire that feels radical, that feels impossible, but they know that there's no refusing it, that they've already said yes at such a deep level that there's no turning back. So that's where I feel like I have something to offer. The best place to find out because there's different things, right? There's courses, there's a podcast, there's just musings on the blog is to go to my website, which is just julietetrinka.com. Okay. We will make sure that that is linked in the show notes. Thank you. You're welcome. This has been an immense pleasure. Mm -hmm. For me as well. This is my jam. Thank you, Juliet. Thank you, Erin. Thanks for listening to Therapist Expanded. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast to help more of our colleagues join the revolution.